Master track, Jung, Jung Miller, roll two. This is master track only. There is no uh, sync mark on this. No, uh, no bloop marks on this track. I think enough. Take one. Stay here. Two, take one. Well, listen, to go into that, first of all, did you ever, uh, you've seen Fellini's uh, Satyricon. Did you ever read the book by... Uh, Petronius. Petronius. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I loved now the movie. I thought that was one of the great movies of all time, and I loved that's the book right, before that's it. That's right, yes. Oh, yeah. But what I was going to say, I think uh, Petronius was uh, banned here. Was that, he? That book, yes. Yes. But I always get the feeling that when we go back to dealing with sexuality in our work, we're going back to something that the ancients permitted, but that the uh, modern age doesn't permit. That's true enough. That's true enough. It's and only been like in the 19th and 20th centuries that people have really censored their art, because certainly in the 18th century, in Roman times, in Greek times, I know art was much oh, raunchier. Yeah, You've know. said that in a lot of your books. Listen, do you know the origin of this censorship thing? That's a very funny story. Did you ever hear of it, how it happened? That English literature, which was very free, you know, up until two centuries ago, we could say most anything, don't you think, mm -hmm. in English? Well, one day there was a lord in England who was drunk. And he was standing on the balcony of his home, and he pissed on the crowd below, <laughs> see? And that, he was taken to prison, to jail, was considered a felony. And in putting him in jail, they added on a writer that books that have dirty words in and so on will be censored. Do you see what I mean? That's the origin of it. Just somebody Isn't taking that? a leak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> started yeah. the whole thing yeah. going. Well, you said in one of your essays on, on censorship that censorship always sells books. Yes. And that's been the experience that I've had with Fear of Flying. The more they censor yes. it, oh, the more yes. people want to read oh, it. Oh, yes, of course. And I, I think it's absolutely true. It is true. Why don't they understand that? Isn't that strange? Why don't they get that through their heads? It's just that it's they free are advertising only, in a I way. I know. Of course it is. It's the best publicity in the world, you know. Yeah. Henry, do you get royalties on all your books? Because I know I was very dismayed to hear that some of your books had been pirated and, and well, that. Well, yeah. No, I get them from all except Japan. <laughs> the Japanese, I can't move them. I haven't had a cent from a Japanese publisher in about five years. I write them letters. I have an agent in Europe. Hello, Japan. You know, <laughs> Send yeah. royalty checks. No, listen, I told you in my letter that when you make a contract with the Japanese, be sure that you stipulate that they don't castrate your work, because they're delighted with this, but they are not allowed to use that language usually. Yeah. I found they had castrated me. I didn't know that. But how do you read the galleys in Japanese? Oh, yeah, you can't. No, you have, <laughs> you to, have, have, you have to have someone. I could recommend maybe someone who can read both languages. Yeah. Don't you know? To check it out. Yeah. But Kodansha is a very wonderful, good firm, by the way. Huh? Well, I called, I called my agent today to tell yeah. her to send oh. it. Oh, did you? Yeah, so we're going to uh, do that. Uh-huh. We're going to take care of that one. Where, by the way, who is your agent, if I may ask? Um, it's Sterling Lord. Sterling Lord, a man named Sterling oh, Lord. Oh, in New York. I mm -hmm. see. I didn't hear. I don't know much about agents. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you another thing. I had thought that the books that you published in Paris in the 30s were 
that you were not able to collect royalties on them here, even when they had been republished by no, Grove quite, Press. The, what, no, I what did is collect. That? No, no, I did because Grove made a contract with me. But there have been pirates because there was no American copyright taken out. Mm -hmm. so because they I, were printed in English in a foreign country. And because I didn't bother to do it, because I never thought the books would be published in America. I said, forget about it. They'll never get sold in America. That was my attitude, you see. And so we only had European rights. And That's since really then amazing. I have had two men or three men who have pirated my books that the Grove Press put out, do you know? Well, yeah. I think it's a little-known um, aspect of copyright law that if an American author's work is first printed abroad in English, yeah. then you lose the rights to the American copyright unless you resell it. I don't it. think that's the case, really? Erica. No, it's a very complicated. I want to tell you that. I've gone into that with my literary agent in Paris, and uh, it has something to do with uh, the, the copyright laws don't apply to all countries. Mm -hmm. Japan, for example, doesn't belong to the international copyrights, you see? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it's too complicated to explain. Uh, but it isn't a simple thing. Uh, Henry, when you first wrote to me, you said you thought um, the, the letter that delighted me so much was the first one where you said that you thought that fear of flying was the female side of Tropic of Cancer. Yes. And that made uh, me very happy uh -huh, indeed. Uh -huh. do, you, do you think that something new is happening in writing by women? Do uh, they, you think they, it will happen now because of your book. It hasn't happened yet, in my, in my opinion, though I don't read all these women. You introduced me to Sylvia Plath. I had never heard of her. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned Lessing and Doris. Doris Lessing. Did you read so, her? No, I never did. Now I don't read too much because of my eye. Yeah. And so. Uh, but you think there will be a change in writing by women? Oh, definitely. Oh, da and you have started it. You're the just like I kicked it off. You know, for men, you've done the same thing now for women. You've liberated them. You see? Well, women always call me up and say, I just read your book and left my husband. Oh, really? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I don't know whether that seems that's, to have that effect. Yeah, yeah. A uh, lot of husbands hold me responsible. Not, uh, no, I know, I know. That's not what you're after. I was thinking, lying in bed before I came, I was thinking to ask you, have you read all the great women writers in the past? I could begin with Sappho. Did you read I've Sappho? I've read some Sappho, yeah. yeah. You know that Doro wrote a play in verse about Sappho? And I know he did, and I haven't read it. I see. It's quite Although a I've work. I've read a lot of Doro, and yeah, I love his yeah, work very, very much. He's a poet, after all, a real poet, don't you think? Absolutely, and yeah. I love his poetry. But the thing that was so great is his comment on what you do when you have writer's block. Oh, you started You sit this, down, and you write 50 pages. And then when you hear the fetal heartbeat, yes. you throw out the first 50 pages and you go from there. I and see. you said something very similar to me once when I, I said that I was really scared about yes. writing the second novel yes. and I didn't know if I could do it. Yes. Do you remember you told me I that... I know what I think. I don't think I'm... I'm not quite like with Darrell. It doesn't have to be you write 50 and throw them out. No, it's... My theory is it's just the ones that the surrealists espoused. They, they began by writing anything, nonsense, uh, ungrammatical stuff, meaningless stuff. Write and write that way 
till the real thing comes through because the real thing is in there and trying to get and it out. it will always come through. And it's always trying to get out of you, do you see? You're the one who's holding it back with your fears, your inhibitions, and whatnot. So if you sit down in the morning and you just hit that page, you, you, the stuff is going to start percolating up from the unconscious. Not if you just hit that page, but I mean, if you write uh, anything that comes into your head, see, helter-skelter, meaningless, the real thing will suddenly be writing there, do you see? And you'll be in it, you see? It's like uh, if you want to swim, you want to learn, you have to dive into the water and you've got to make the motions. You don't learn to swim on land. Exactly. And so it's with writing. You learn to write by writing. And even if you write shit, you might say, don't you know? I guess that's bleaked out. I'm <laughs> sorry, I forgot. I forgot that thing. Um, what, what I mean is it makes no difference what you're writing. It's just that you are writing. You're practicing. You're using your mental faculties in that direction. And things, and things happen on the page that, that are surprising. Yeah. That's happened to me many times, where I start out writing a scene, and I feel very dull and very yeah. dead, and I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and then suddenly I write two pages, and then suddenly lines come to me, yes, and ideas yes. come to me, and yes. I invent stuff. Yes. And that's the most exciting oh, thing. Oh, yes, of course. And that's what, and what makes no, writing fun. Yes, right. And that's why one writes, to discover oneself, don't you think? Absolutely. To find out what it is in there. People think that we know and we're going to put it down on paper. Do you know what I mean? As but we only find out by we, seeing we, what we wrote. Right, right. <laughs> we don't yeah. know ourselves, no. That's no, true. even afterwards, I don't think we do. Do you know what I, I mean? I don't know what fear of flying is about. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I say yeah. that, I I say have that a it's, a, yeah. <laughs> that it's a, a litmus paper for everybody's mishagas, everybody's mm. craziness mm. is reflected there. And, and uh, there's a wonderful quote that W.H. Auden uses in one of his books. It's from a guy named Lichtenberg. A book is a mirror. If an ass peers into it, you can't expect an apostle yeah, to look out. That's good. And it's true. Anybody oh, yeah. who reads a book oh, sees their own good. face in the book. That's right. And so if you write a book like your books or my book, my novel, um, you'll find that every reader sees his oh, own reflection yeah. oh, in the book. Yeah. It's the same with painting. I have that experience all the time. People come into this house, they look around, you know. One man says, oh... I can see uh, Chagall influenced you. Another man says, oh, it's Picasso. And of course, it was none of them. I was influenced by everybody and everything, but no one. The men I wanted to uh, follow, imitate, I couldn't do Who it. Who was that? Paul Clay and John Marin, mm -hmm. the American. Do you know mm -hmm. his yeah, work? Yeah, I do. I do. Paul Clay, though, more. Do you know his? Yes, yeah, I know yeah. his work. Henry, you once said to me that you, that, you, that you knew you couldn't draw, but your friends all told you that it didn't matter, not that's to right, learn. That's right. That's not true for writing, on the other hand. <laughs> With writing, you do have to know grammar, syntax, <laughs> spelling. Isn't that so? Whereas in painting, it's true. I don't, still don't know how to paint, you know. These are all accidents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but they're very beautiful. Mm. And, uh, well, I have, of course, I had pleasure doing them, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because there, I had to learn how to do it. See, a regular painter from an academy, he knows how to make a nose and the shadow under nose and this little thing here, which I never can make. You see that little yeah. end? 
I what do they call that? It's not the septum. This the hair lip. I don't know. No, no, no that's not a hair lip. <laughs> no. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, this is the septum, I think. But what this is, I don't know. I never did find out. I have a friend in Paris, my boon companion, who used to always tell me uh, every now and then, he'd, he, was, he was a Virgo, by the way, a very strict and a critical guy. He says, Henry, there is a word for everything in the universe, whether it's an object, a human being, an insect, or anything, do you see? But there's a word for it. And that was his joy always, is to find that precise word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, the French are naturally that way, looking for the right word all the time. Mot juste. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Mot juste. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. No, not only the mot juste, but just the correct word. That is, there's only one word. With us, you know, uh, we have many words that mean the same thing. Do you know it? But they say, no, there's one word that means it, and no other word means that. Whereas a mot juste, you know, is of course just the right, like a stiletto going, yeah, you know. Yeah, a witty I mean? yeah, aphorism yeah. or saying. Yes, yes. But a poet believes that. I mean, that there has to be, that there's one word in the right place. Yes, yes. And a good writer, I mean, every good writer believes that. I, I can understand that, yes. How much did you revise your books, your novels? Oh, oh. That Endlessly. Varied, that varied a great deal. Did it change as, as, as you got older and had written Not more books? It, or no, it wasn't because of that. It was more, um, I had the intuition sometimes that what I wrote was quite all right, just as it was. And then with other books, of course, I always lay them aside after I write them for a month at least, put them on ice. Let them age. Right, right. <laughs> and then yeah. you see what you've and got. And then when you reread, do you know what's the you most You see amazing? the shit immediately. And you can see <laughs> that you thought you were saying something, but your mind wandered. Do you, do you recall that sort yeah, of thing? I've had You're that amazed at the sentence. What if the sentence doesn't say anything. You thought you were saying something, but you discover you said nothing when you picked it up. <laughs> it that? seems imbecilic. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And other times, stuff that seemed imbecilic when you were writing it suddenly seems oh, very smart oh, when you oh. read it back. Listen, there are times that I had to reread something of my own, and you know, I almost held my head and almost, I said, listen, did you write this? I say to my, did you really write this? Do you see? It was so good in my eye. How do you like that? <laughs> That's uh, you terrific. can go from one extreme to the exactly. other. Exactly. I do all the time in yeah, my own work. Yeah. Incredibly yeah. so. But I wonder uh, how these men, I was trying to think of their name because I don't read them, these bestsellers who, uh, you know, they get, they're on the Book of the Month club list and whatnot. Can you mention a few there? Oh, Irving Wallace. All the Irvings. One. They're all named Irving. <laughs> yeah. Irving Wallace, Irving Stone. Uh, Robbins. Clifford Irving. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Irving Irving. Yeah. I don't know. There I a wonder. Lot of them. Harold Robbins. Harold Robbins. I wonder, do those men work hard on their I work? I bet you. I guess they do. I bet they work yeah, very yeah. hard. But you see, that's not writing again, what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? That kind of work. If you understand, there's two kinds of work. There's a creative kind, which I don't call work. Do you know? No, because it's an incredible joy and pleasure yes, and, right, and delight right. in doing it's it. It's a struggle, but, but it's like... But they're craftsmen in a yeah, way. They turn it. out a product. That's it. That's right. Um, in, a, in the way that, some, that the writer of the situation comedy on television turns out a product. 
And that's and and it's Be a careful, it's a craft. <laughs> Okay, I know. Uh, But that's the way I feel about it. I mean, that it is a craft and that it can be done with great craftsmanship. That's right. But it's essentially uncreative because somebody else sets the format. You don't have those discoveries that take place in the writing. That's right. You're not permitted that. And so you can't have the real creativity which comes out of that. Where you surprise yourself. If I if I tell my agent, Well, I'm writing a book and here's the outline for the book, I know that by the time I finish that book it's going to be entirely different from <laughs> yes, the outline. Of course. And of he's course. going to sell that outline. Uh-huh. But I know that if it's a real book, yes. it will take off on its own and yeah, be entirely right. You're different. You're right. Of course, of course. This is the same with the great painters. They'll tell you, Picasso will tell you that. It's the painting itself that decides the direction he goes. He makes a few strokes, you know what I mean? He thinks he's going to do this or that. But the painting that he has already put down decides the issue. He but you doesn't. have to get to the point where you trust yourself oh, yeah. enough as oh, an artist yeah. to, to oh, go yes. with it. Right. Henry, I wanted to ask you something. How do you feel about the image that people have of you as a sexy man? Yeah, I don't I mean, I, as a yeah. man who's written about sex. Because yeah. before I met you and before we started corresponding, even though I knew the poetry in your books, like Black Spring, which is my favorite. I've yeah. told you many times. Uh-huh, I mean, yeah. I think you're a great poet in, yeah. in prose. Uh-huh. But the image that people have of you, uh-huh. and a lot of people who haven't read your books, is that you're a sexy guy. I'm a dirty old man. A dirty man. old man. I know that. I'm a goat. Now, now <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about that? And what do you do about it? And you how don't do, do anything, and you don't, you, you close Because I'm getting this terrible image oh, that's I driving me crazy. I know it. Well, you're in a worse position than me in being a woman, don't you know? And also having been married, you know, at that time when your book came out. Uh, so you're in a delicate position. How do My, you think it's different for you and for me? Well, because as a man, I don't. I can say I don't give a damn, and I can do that to the whole world, don't you know? Mm-hmm. I can. I can get away with that. Where it's more difficult for you as a woman to do that, I think. How do you think it's different? I think so, but I'm just curious to Uh, to hear you uh, say what you think the difference is. Well, because the whole world uh, expects a certain behavior or a certain limited behavior in a woman. From women, Let's say a modest behavior or let's say reasonable behavior. But men, especially artists, can go berserk. They can act like men. They often are madmen, as you know, when you think of Artaud. Don't you know? You think of, um, what's his name? I'm going to say Gerard, isn't He's a French writer, prose poet writer. God, he used to lead a little lobster on a string <laughs> through the streets of Paris, a red lobster. Can you believe that? And in the, end, in the end, he hanged himself from a lamppost. Well, why is it that men are allowed to express their sexuality because in our society? Because it's a world. And women are not. See, yeah. now, you also have this image of being a male chauvinist. No, I know. And I know you're not. I'm not. And, no. I want, and I want the women out there who think you're a male chauvinist to know that you're not. Yes. But I, I answer you by saying I know that it is a man's world. And I'm sorry that it is because I think men have fucked the world up. Do you know what I mean? If, I agree. If women were in control, I'm sure we wouldn't have all the wars that we have. That for one thing. 
You see, men seem to have an insane desire to, to kill, kill each one other. Another. Yeah, <laughs> I know. For no good reason. They give reasons, but they're not worthwhile, yeah, you know. That's true. Mm. Well, I think there really is a double standard in that a woman who expresses her creativity and her sexuality gets much more censored than a man. Oh, yeah. And I've oh, had this experience all oh, year. There are any number of people who have never read Fear of Flying who have opinions about it. Yes, right. And right. who have opinions about me and who think that I'm some sort of harlot or I tart know, or whatever. I know, I know. And it's very painful to me it is, to be huh? viewed that way. Why don't I'm, you take I'm it coming, as a joke? No, I'm getting better uh, yeah, at that. Yeah. I'm getting I mean, better if at that. someone comes and says, oh, so you wrote that terrible book. <laughs> Well, you laugh at her, don't you know? Uh, what else can you do? Huh? Or else, yeah, if you're a man, you can crack somebody. You know what I mean? But it's better to laugh at people. Rid you know, the Japanese put ridicule as the greatest punishment when they're raising children. Yeah. You know what they say to them? If you do that, people will laugh at you. And that's the, all they need to say. And the child is then frightened that people are going to laugh at him. Can you imagine that? I think it's true. It is true, though. That's why the satirist has such a powerful yes, weapon. Yes. And people are so afraid of somebody who can write satirically. I know it. But yeah. you have that gift of, yes, the, of satire. Yes. yes, I know it. You once told me that in your books you made everybody worse than they are in life. <laughs> is that true? I think that's true. <laughs> I think also, though, some I aggrandized. I did it both ways. But I never was a realist in that strict sense, don't you know? Yeah. I didn't give an accurate portrait. But there's no fun in that. There are, the I people agree. aren't wonderful enough for that. Do you know what I mean? You have to embellish them or degrade them or do something because in themselves, they are a pretty sorry lot, you know, our souls Well, you know, included. people always say to me, is Fear of Flying autobiographical? And I say, well, I always beef things up for the sake of slapstick. I invent yeah, characters yeah. who don't exist. Yeah. I make up funny lines I never would have thought of in life. Yeah. And they don't believe me. They uh, think everything is literally true. Yeah, yeah. But of course, when you write a book, you, you make people, even if you are thinking of real people, you make composites. Yes, you make know, people crazier than they are in life. I know. And people who aren't writers never believe you. You know, I'm in the opposite position. I am always being asked in my letters, is it true that those books are about yourself? Are you the character that you write about? What do you say? Henry Miller? Well, of course, I, if I answer at all, I say, of course I am. I'm the character. That's all I have ever done is to write about myself. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, it's just the opposite. Instead of thinking that you invented it, they think, well, they think I invented all this stuff about myself, don't you know? Yeah, which is, well, I well, and I was so explicit. I used the first person. They say, that's wonderful, the use of the first person, as though to say, you're writing a novel, you know, and you just chose to use the first person. Can we hold it just a uh, second? Well, Ray put a damn scrim up there, and then he took it the hell down for some reason. <laughs> Igor, yeah, do you, do you have a... Well, if we have any problems, somebody back there is going to tell right. us. Right? Okay. Uh, in this book, which he's questioning whether it's pornography or obscenity, I was just going to tell you, there is an expression here, uh, the head of a chapter, 
And I would never, never use this. This is only a pornographer could use this because it's pornographers a, always use cliches. It's, it's the right the and, same the, and the roundabout. He says an endless jet of cum. Imagine <laughs> it's bad in every sense, isn't it? Bad you know prose. I, yeah, yeah. Nabokov once said that pornography was the copulation of cliches. Oh, really? Which I think is a great, yeah. great phrase. Uh huh. Well, in one, I'll uh, give you what I think. I've, all, I've uh, defined it a number of the difference between the two. One is reality and the other is make-believe in one sense. Or one is a tickling of a, of a thing and the other is plunging right into it. Right. You know what I mean? One is fooling around with it, as it were, and using it as a tickler. You said it in one essay on pornography, and the erotic, the difference between what was really erotic and what was pornography, yeah. that the modern writer, because he doesn't have uh, religious revelation, uses sex as a way of expressing the most heightened moments, the most ecstatic moments in a human being's Did life. Did I say that? You said that, and it was yeah. very smart, and I underlined I, it in I, red I, many times. Was it in a book? It's in the book called Henry Miller on Writing, and oh, it's in really? the essay called Obscenity and the Law, or which yeah, there was is it an Obscenity and the Law? I can't there remember was, the title of the I wrote essay. an article for the Norwegian censors. And I'm you sorry. said that, that uh, sexuality is the modern writer's way of expressing the cosmic and the miraculous. And true? I think it's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I, I don't remember. Isn't that a good, it's good. perception? Yeah, it is. It's terrific, <laughs> and you don't even remember. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's true because I think that in the absence of other forms of terrific epiphanies that we can believe in, oh, we stop. use sex. Epiphanies. That's the Terrible word. Terrible word. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. I love that word, but I've got to run to the dictionary every time to make sure that I know what I'm saying. I love to use it, but I'm never sure that I know what it means. Except, may I ask you this? When Christ made himself known after the resurrection to his disciples, when he appeared before them, didn't he appear before them or only to one, to Doubting Thomas? Was that Henry, an epiphany? Henry, I'm Jewish. I don't oh. know. <laughs> oh, right. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm supposed to yeah. know this stuff, but anyway. It's a demonstration, is it not? A showing forth. I think of the Greek, I happen to see the derivation, epiphanos, you know, a showing forth and around. Epi, you know, epiphenomenon, that word, mm -hmm. uh, and epi this and epi that, epicycle, huh? Yeah, so now you have epiphany phanos. Is the epiphany is the moment that really expresses the essence of what it means to be human or alive. I see, oh, you, I see, that's another way of looking at it. Yeah, I didn't know but that. But you said in that wonderful essay that that was why the modern writer needed to use sexuality mm, to mm. reveal those miraculous moments yeah. in life. And that's just what pornography never does, because pornography is boring. It yeah. shows you the banality of sex. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't show you the miraculousness of no, sex no, at no, all. No, 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 that's true, that's true. You once wrote to me that you hated all these pornographic magazines like Rat and Screw, yeah. These filthy sheets. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a funny thing for me to say because it's the first time I'm expressing anything like censorship. Do you know what I mean? And yet, you asked about censorship. In a way, we all exert our own censorship, don't you think? I would rather exert it in the sense of good and bad. 
I would censor bad things, not pornographic or obscene, but bad, bad writing. Do you know what I mean? I would bad censor music. bad writing, too. Yeah, yeah. But I can't stand it that people confuse your work with, with that. shit like this, yeah, yeah, or that people confuse my work, mm. because they think once they see sex on the page, they judge by the subject matter rather yeah. than the writing. Yes. And all that matters is the writing. What does the writer do with it? Is mm -hmm. it does it reveal what people are about or yeah. is it cliches? And this stuff is cliches. Yeah, I know. And I'm know. not interested in I it know, at all. I know. I know. And it offends me. Mm -hmm. And I'm very anti pornography. Yes. And I it know. also bores me yes. and it doesn't turn me on. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's another thing that it doesn't turn one on. Yeah, right. That's another thing, that it doesn't turn one on. It's not erotic, do you know what I mean? In the real sense mm. of the word. But then another thing I want to tell you about erotic writers, the true erotic writers write in good language, good grammar. Everything is correct. Did you know that? That's uh, high-class writing, elegant writing, you might call it. Who do you consider the good erotic writers? I'm trying to, th there was a man named Paul de Kock. Did you ever hear of him? Great name. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, great European writer. There are many European writers. I'm trying to think. Offhand, offhand, I cannot summon any names. But there are a number of them. A number of, well, Pierre Louis, for one. Right. There, beautiful writing, Aphrodite. isn't it? Aphrodite. Yeah, I yeah. I love that book. Sure, sure. Beautiful book. I wanted to come back to you about women writers to wonder Beside the modern ones whom you recommended to me, did you read writers like George Eliot? Um, did you read uh, the Bronte sisters? Yes. yes. And um, I had a whole string of them in my mind when well, I was the, in the... The writer that I feel closest to as a woman is Colette. Oh, yes, yes. And the reason for that is because it seems to me that she knew about what she called the pure and the impure. She mm. said, life is impure. Mm. And what the novelist wants to get into her art is all the junk and jumble of life. Mm -hmm. the, the piece of cheese on the plate yes. and the cat running through the living yeah, room yeah, yeah. and the garbage can yes. and all those precious things, the, the light as it's reflected on your windowsill. And she didn't want to exclude anything. Yes, yes. And you could include in that sexuality, food, all yes, the things yeah. that life is made of, and, yes, and I right. love her for that. Yes, yes. And also because she had a very free life, and her whole life was a story of one person's liberation, uh -huh. which is the, also the story in your novels. Yes, how yes. how one man comes yes. to liberate himself, right, yeah, right. and her work is very parallel mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And so I admire her, I think, more than anybody. But I think up until our present age. No woman writer has been free to write about the sexual side of that liberation, mm, which wow. is an important side. I we know. talked once about Anais Nin. Yes. And I was very put out with her diaries, though I, though I love her writing and I admire her greatly. But I'm put out with her diaries because she censors. Yes. She doesn't publish. Yes. You never know. Well, who is she sleeping with? And I you know, think I to know. yourself, uh, That's an important question. Yeah, I know, I know. And I think she evaded the issue. Now, I remember once in a lecture, 
that she gave in New York, I, I raised my hand and I asked a question. I said, why did you censor your own writing so much? And she said, well, look what happened to Violette Leduc. If a woman writes freely about her own sexuality, she gets in big trouble with the male reviewers. Mm -hmm. And that is certainly true. Yes. I mean, it's happened yeah. to me. Yes. And it's happened to all of us. But then I said, well, but why do you capitulate to that? Yes. We have to fight that. That's right. That's right. We have to not worry about I what know, they say. I, I think there is more to it in her case that she's that kind of a woman who feels, by the way, she is like, she's like fragile, a fragile bit of blown glass, you know. And um, it's very real with her. It's, it's a natural, she's an aristocrat in every way. And she's got refined sensibilities. And I think her idea of what a woman should be like might differ from a lot of our ideas, don't yeah. you know? Because though she championed me, she didn't always like the way I wrote, you know. I was vulgar. I was very American in her. And I am. I realize that more and more. I'm 100% American, yeah. and yet I was trying to be a European. And I'll never get this bloody Americanism out of me. Do you know what I mean? I feel the same way. Mm. I feel that I'm very American. You know, Virginia Woolf said about Ulysses that it was the book of an underbred working man. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, Virginia oh Woolf was God. a great writer, but oh, she oh. could not stand the vulgarity of yeah, Joyce that yeah. he, would, he would do a chapter in which a, a man is sitting on the pot and taking a mm, shit yes. and thinking about the universe. Yes, this yes. offended Virginia yeah, Woolf. Yeah, I know. I can well I imagine. mean, it's what I love about Joyce. Yes, of course. Because of course. where do you have your great I thoughts? Know, I know. Usually. I, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was that he also, I mean, he was universal. He was like a Rabelais, only an intellectual Rabelais. Isn't that so? Rabelais was still greater because he made it all funny. Isn't that so? It's Rabelaisian humor is different from Homeric humor or any other kind of humor because it embraces everything in the world and you have to laugh at the same time. The world suddenly becomes funny yeah. looking, do you know? Not That's tragic. why I love Rabelais, oh, too. Oh, yes. Oh, the yes. wall of cunts around the city yeah. of Paris oh, oh, yes. to keep the invaders oh, from coming oh, in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. No, I'm, and it's funny, isn't it, that we've never had another Rabelais? Perhaps I am and Joyce are closer to him than anybody. I think so. D.H. Lawrence was far from that. You realize, huh? D.H. Lawrence, who's credited with so much about sex. How do you feel about his treatment of sexuality? Today, I, I laugh at it. It seems schoolboyish to me. Or it seems, um, how shall I say, it's a glorified conception which has no basis in reality, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Lawrence, I think, was a wonderful writer. I think and, so, too. Uh, I admire Books like him The Apocalypse or studies in classic American literature, they are marvels. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you take the famous one with the, uh, with the what was it, the uh, guardian <coughs> in the woods. What do you call it? Oh, Lady Chatterley. Lady Lover. Charlie, yeah, yeah. Enough, gentlemen? Going fine. No, not quite. Uh, not quite. What did we not get to that we... <laughs> uh, it's true. They, they're, uh, I don't know what to call them. They're monstrous, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, about sex. Sex with love and sex without. 
Yes, in the case of a man, certainly, there can be sex without love, and it can be good sex. Do you understand? I don't know, but I, I'm not a woman. I can't answer for a woman, but I always have the feeling that for a woman, there has to be love as well as sex, pure sex. But I'll let Erica answer that. Well, I'm known as the lady who is the advocate of the zipless fuck. Uh, yeah, or the yeah. zipless dash, as uh, it will appear on this program. I, and um, it was a fantasy that I had in my 20s and that I gave to my heroine in Fear of Flying, mm. which is that you get on a bus or a train or a plane and you see a beautiful man and you immediately are turned on by him. Yeah. And you go off together and you have this wonderful experience and you part without knowing each other's names. I see. Now I give this fantasy to my heroine and everybody yeah. talks about this fantasy. Mm. In reality for me, those fantasies usually do not turn out too well. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying never, yeah, yeah, but for the yeah. most part, there you are. I mean, it's a great fantasy, but mm. if you play out the fantasy, there you are waking up in the morning with some idiot Yes, yes, I know, I know. I, who, I, uh, yeah. who is really stupid and mm. boring and who you don't want to talk to. And as far as I'm concerned, it seems to me that the greatest sex is always with some sort of emotional involvement, yeah, a yeah. deep, romantic, yes, emotional yes, involvement. Yes. I feel that I'm very old-fashioned in that right, way. Right. Now and I'm, I feel that you're very old-fashioned and romantic in that way, too. Yeah, yeah. But I am one who says that you can have a marvelous fuck in the dark, let's say, with someone you don't know, you'll never see her face, you'll never meet again. And it can be marvelous. You understand? But that if it's so marvelous, you don't want her to go away, right? Uh, you don't want it, but I mean, say, circumstance forces it. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm giving a but hypothetical. Maybe you change the circumstance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're being devious now. With no, me I'm now. not. Uh, I'm not being devious. I, I want you only to recognize that that's a possibility. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? That it doesn't have to be dressed up. Uh, did you ever read that? I find that's a wonderful man on sex who wrote that book. He was a Victorian. I can't think of its title now. It's a thick book. It was in two volumes. I think the Grove. Harris? No, 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 no. He was an unknown English. It's anonymous, this book is anonymous. We only know that he was a British gentleman and he had money and he devoted his whole life to fucking women. That's all he <laughs> thought about. Do you understand? So with him you get pure sex. Do you understand? Well, there is a passage. <laughs> I suppose all this is not for the air, but I can't help it. We're launched. There's a passage in it where he's going down a dark, narrow lane, and there is a sailor fucking a woman standing up against the wall. Now, the sailor can't get it in here hard. You see, he's drunk. So he helps him. He takes it and puts it in, and he describes what a wonderful sensation that is. Now, I can't imagine a woman doing anything comparable to I that. I know a woman who would do something. Oh, yes? Oh, yeah? Well, maybe... It's one of my best friends. Is that right? Is that right? Well, she'd be pleased to hear it. Mm. Hmm. No, it well. does seem, though I think both of us have tried to break down that idea that there is such a fundamental difference, our attitude towards sex. That's the old-fashioned idea. 
that men see it one way and women see it another way. I think men and women are much more alike than anybody that's realizes. Right. That's what we are beginning to understand and I, today. And I think that that's, that's what books can do in a way, that novels can do that, yes. poetry can do that. Yes. That their organs are different, but their feelings oh, are very yeah. much the same. Yes, right, right. And, and maybe they, that's that, what the listen, women's movement is really about. This in is some what way. I've been thinking a lot about recently. We should stop trying to make these dichotomies, these categories, good and bad, ugly and beautiful, and uh, right and wrong, and especially in the realm of, say, politics, of world affairs, that we should only know that we are human, all of us. The enemy is just the same as we are, don't you know? We are no better ever than the enemy we fight. In fact, the enemy is always our own selves, isn't that so? Exactly. And we project it onto the other. And so... We have met the enemy and it is us. Yeah, and so I think too that all this nonsense about how a woman feels and how a man feels can be reduced to how human beings feel. Exactly. Don't you? I think well, that, all my, that all my best relationships in my life with men have been ones in which the ones that have been good have always been ones in which it became clear that we were more alike more kin than yeah. we were different yeah. and that was why it was good uh, yeah. and that was why it was exciting I see. Yeah. and otherwise yeah. I see. who cares but I mean, on the other hand now suddenly it makes me ask you the other question could it also be that we are very close when we are very opposite to one another isn't that a great bind uh, the opposite. Do you know what Sometimes. I mean? Sometimes. Yeah. But uh, well, you're a Capricorn, and your great love is a Capricorn, right? Oh well, I, we won't. Uh, yeah, we won't go into we that. Won't come into yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's an accident, really. Mm -hmm. I do. I don't think we are drawn, as the astrologers point out so much, by the signs and so on. I think it's true that under certain signs and relationships, we get along better. But I don't think it accounts for the great attraction. I think the attraction of one for another is a sort of a chemical thing, do you know? And uh, beyond words, we can't describe it. It's a magical thing. Yeah. And I think, God damn it, that that's what's missing in the world, that we don't attribute enough to magic. Magic is what rules the world. In my, we're living in magic, don't you know? Magic and mystery. Do you see what I People mean? People think that science rules the world or no. technology oh, no. rules oh, the world, no. but magic it, really rules the world. Up the world. But that, that's what writers. That's what writers are for, in a way. I think. I mean, I think that's what the the writer's mission in the world is: oh, yeah. to illuminate the magic that rules the world, and to convince all those other people in some way. They know it in their guts. Yes, I know. But the world tells them they're wrong. I know. And to convince them that their gut feelings are right, mm -hmm. that magic does yeah, rule the yeah. world. Well, the poets do that. And that's what a good that. writer yeah. does. I know. A good poet or a yeah, good novelist I know. does I know. that. And that's why the question... I'm not, though, as uh, confident as you are. Uh, you know, I've gotten to think that writers and painters, artists in general, are no better than shoemakers or plumbers, or uh, what, what you like. Do you know what I mean? We have no special uh, qualities that are, we are certainly not going to change the world. That's what I'm trying to get at. 
uh, if uh, Jesus couldn't change it, and, Moh and Mohammed, <laughs> and who else, and Buddha, if they couldn't make any dent in it, how the hell do we little I disagree. You disagree. Huh? I disagree because well, I think that a book that a book burrows in. I mean, your books are a perfect example. They come out at first; they're censored. You you have a time lag before your own countrymen recognize them. Yeah. But little by little, they seep in. People steal them and take them back to yeah. America in pirated editions. But what happens and to they these change people? Things. Okay. Does that, do they change? All right. I was uh, a young writer. Um, reading everything I could get my hands on, and I read your books, and I was liberated by them. I see, yeah. And I was liberated in a lot of ways, not just to write about sexuality, but also to follow the unconscious, mm -hmm. to allow the pen to take hold and yes. say whatever came out, yes. the rhythm yes. of the prose, yes. mm -hmm. to let that take hold. And I know a lot of other people, Henry, who regard you as a liberator, yes, who say, I Henry aware. Miller has saved my life. And little by little, all those people, all those people who write you fan letters, yes. every one of them is changed a little bit oh, by the yeah. book. Oh, I recognize And I am that. having this experience with Fear of Flying now. But are they changed enough? Here's what I'm trying to get at. A great religious figure, call him X, I don't care what, call him Schultz. Any great <laughs> religious figure that happens along can do what you or I are incapable of doing. You think we have power. Listen, a stoop like Billy Graham, you know, some shit like that. He does more, much more to change people than you or I will ever do. That's true. Although we may work throughout the ages if we're very good, and he may die tomorrow, you know, as an effective uh, medium. Do you see what I like, mean? Uh, that's one thing. The writer may persist throughout centuries and affect our lives, you know? But he won't do what the religious leader can do, what a great religious figure can do. Do you well, know? I think, I think it's just not as obvious in the case of books because it's a kind of underground uh -huh, thing uh -huh. and it burrows into people's consciousness and they're not quite the same. Those women who write to me, I read your book and left my husband. Yeah. That seems very silly and banal. Yeah, yeah. But there's something real under, oh, yes. under that. I know that, I know that. You have to uh, cut but the commercial break, right? <laughs> what is that? You have to cut for the commercial.